welcome to another week of the Sport Project. Now our fearless leader Renee is off doing that um, that thing that I've never quite Smirking. got my head around. Wor- no, uh, working, twerking, working, working. working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. Heard about it, never tried it. Believe it's all overrated. So it is just the boys once again, Carlos, Sash, and myself. We've got a fair bit to cover today, boys. We've got the boxing that's going ahead. We've got potential UFC fights on Ireland. We've got American sports in turmoil. There's COVID absolutely everywhere. EPL, something yeah. big happened that, but we don't really care. Of course, we've got the rugby league. We'll touch on the AFL. But first off, boys, welcome. How have you all been? Yeah, good. Sash-sational. Sensational. Sitch Trader, you're looking well, Sash. Oh. Looking well. Yeah, thanks, man. I haven't had a shower for a while. The hair's everywhere, but just get around me. Yeah, man. How's work? Get around us, mate. Busy. Work's busy. going good. House looks for, uh, phenomenal, by the way. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, got, got there on the weekend and um, got certificate of occupancy, so just finishing the landscaping now, and then we'll have to warm that bad boy up. I was going to say, for, the, for those of the listeners that don't know, Sasha's uh, just built a brand new house, which is basically a party house for the sport project. I have mm-hmm. already dibbed the main bedroom, secondary yep. to Sasha's, of course. Carlo, yep. you have taken the couch, whether you like it or not, and, and, and away we go. I'll be there. That's it. There's still three more spare bedrooms, but you're still on the couch. <laughs> yeah. They're, you know Which what? Means, very impressive, though. Well done, mate. If we have any listeners mate. that we could potentially fill those rooms with, then why not? Why not? Well, we could we could run a bit of an auction at the end of the at the mm. end of the comp- at the end of the year. That's Preferably female. <coughs> <laughs> oh, we've had a real bad cold day. You do, right? Cold day. Cold day. Now, boys, we have taken um, this thing's into a, a totally new level, haven't we? We've got myself in Victoria, which is classed as the plague state right now. <laughs> we've got Carlos. It's in nothing to do with South. the Rona either. That's because you're there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't live in a hotspot. They've just sanctioned me to stay at home. I don't know why. <laughs> now, Carlos is in Sydney and Sasha up in the Gold Coast. Now, boys, I know you love this topic. I know you love the sport of golf, the most frustrating game on earth, but I truly love it. Boring. And we have just had the Travelers Championship that uh, finished up last weekend. Um, look, we, we've still got no, no um, supporters, no fans there, but it's good to see some of the big dogs back playing. Phil Mickelson was there, Rory McIlroy was there, the big fella, the new big fella, Bryson DeChambeau, he was there. Um, but what an absolute wild time it was. Now, going into the final, it was, it was tight going into the final day. But Dustin Johnson took it out. He shot 19 under over the four days, whacking in three under for the, for the day. Superb scoring, superb scoring. They must have been practicing in in isolation. I don't know. The big fellow Bryson DeChambeau shot 15 under, and Rory McIlroy not too far off at 13 under. About time. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he was chipping away. He was he was wasn't doing too bad. He was kind of consistent throughout all four rounds, and ended up finishing on 13 under. But there's an American fellow, Brendan Todd. Now you have to feel for him going into the final days, leading the group. He's 18 under. He's got to be walking around with his chest sticking out and his balls as big as you've ever seen, but he actually had a bit of a disaster on the final day. He shot five over and wow. ended up at 13 under for the whole tournament. It's, a, it's far out. It's psychological, isn't it, golf? It is. It is. Do you, you know when, you, when, you're not, when you're not one of the big dogs like the Tiger Woods or the, uh, the Phil Mickelsons or the people that deal with pressure and really thrive on it, then it can really get you. And, um, and maybe if that was the case here, you know, with Brendan, but... But we'll never know. But sadly, he shot that, and he's uh, he's ended up thirteen under him, tied eleventh, I think. Yeah, that's tied eleventh. Horrendous. Who won it? Massive mental collapse. Dustin Johnson, the big hitting Ooh. Dustin Johnson. Yeah, he Sadly. took it out. I mean, he, he hit some phenomenal shots. He played some great golf, and it was um, 
it was a, it was a really deserved winner. But the deserved winner of the stuff up was the famous Englishman Eel Poulter. Is he the one with the no. funny the funny pants he always wears? Always wears funny pants. That's right, Poulter. He always bleaches his hair blonde. He's actually the life and soul of the Ryder Cup. He drags that Ryder Cup team through many too many victories. It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. But he was teeing off on the final day and he's paired up with Greg Chalmers. Now, as we know, there's no supporters there, so there's no noise, there's no fans, and there's, an, um, there's a massive amount more microphones than there ever has been before. So as Greg Chalmers tees off on the first hole on the final day, Ian Poulter rips out the biggest fart you've ever heard, <laughs> and I mean... Chris, and the microphone has picked every single bit of it up. Now the players just crack up laughing straight away. Even the smell. <laughs> they got everything. Now Ian Paul had just turned around and looked at Greg Chalmers and went, did you get that? Oh, Greggy boy. And Greg Chalmers just turned and went, you stay over there. He went, that should have been a lot quieter than what it was. So, you know, the final day, they're not, they're not playing too well. They, they, they didn't finish within, uh, within the top, top scoring. But imagine that. The conversation then for the rest of the round is Ian Poulter and his sweaty ass, and you know, just, letting, just ripping him out on the first tee. Which made me want to ask you, I want to make it a bit more personal now, and I want to ask you, is there ever a time where you've been caught out? It doesn't have to be farting. <laughs> is there ever a time where you've been caught out by a microphone, or for something else, or just doing something you shouldn't, saying something you shouldn't be doing? Sasha's got his hand up, let's go to you. <clears throat> it's been a few times, right? But this is one that just jumps straight to mind. Believe it or not, I used to be a good little Christian boy, right? I used to go to church or Sunday school. And do you know when you're in those Sunday school classes, well, if you're not in Sunday school, you go to church or whatever, you're on those nice wooden tables which are on the wooden floors and it's a nice echoey environment. So I'm sitting there, I remember this girl called Sarah, I can't remember her last name. And um, I always try and press her at primary school, but she never saw her poor little sash sitting in the corner there feeking the chooks, I don't know why. And um, one day she's sitting next to me and I, I really had to let one rip. And I still remember this, I was young, so primary school, so like we're talking eight, nine, and I just remember trying to discreetly let it out on the church, on the church um, wooden seats, on the wooden floors, and it just let it rip, eh? Just like, <laughs> <laughs> Needless to say, Sarah and I never dated, but um, that was one that jumps out of mind. Well, that's her loss, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Carlos, I know you, you've got yourself, I've known you for well, too long, you've got yourselves in some sticky positions before. Well, the, the one that always comes to mind is the best one ever, and you, you always tell the stories about me getting caught in the golf. And uh, and the, the best the best part about it, I thought I actually got away with it. So um, the, the story, and, and if you've heard previous shows, you may have picked up on this, but me and Chris are... Uh, golfers, he's a very good golfer. I'm a very terrible hacker, and I always try and get dinner out of him. So the the aim is we what we go up to the first hole and we go right, Chris, three holes. I mean, sorry, three shots per hole, and he goes no, one shot per hole. So we always agree on two. It's fair, you know, a bit of bantering. Mm. Anyway, so whoever loses the 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 the, uh, the round then basically has to pay for either lunch, dinner, or breakfast, depending on what time of the day we play. So anyway, I was pretty, you know, I was pretty close, but I shanked one into the, into the, uh, <laughs> shanked one into the bushes, but it, it was a part the, where the, the other side of the way. bushes, I could probably get it over, but it was low hanging, low hanging branches. So I thought to myself, well, do you know what? I'll have a, I'll have a look and then, and then I'll come back and I'll get a club. Anyway, I, I had a look and I thought, hey, there's an opportunity. I can get, get it through that gap, but I'm not that good. So what I'll do is I'll just throw it 
and Smith was on the other side, so I thought, <laughs> oh, he won't even see me. So I've gone, are you out of the way? And he went, yeah, I'm out of the way. Anyway, I picked it up and I threw it. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I threw it, I just heard it dud right on the green. I went, oh, how was that? And I just looked to my left and Chris was separating the bush <laughs> and the green. He went, yeah, it's a good shot, that. Because you didn't take a club and I just watched you throw it. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> <laughs> And, he's, and do you know what? That's, that's the true story. And he still tried lying to me, telling me he didn't throw the ball. He didn't even take a club out of his bag with yeah. him. He, he literally just threw it. But I, um, like me and my, me and Sarah, we, we go out walking a lot. And I often, if I'm walking by myself, I walk with earpods on, or, or I walk with headphones on, or we always have a laugh and a joke. And I've got this thing. I'm going to put it down to a high protein diet. I don't know. Flatulence is, is quite high. And uh, well, we, we can be walking, and mm. we'll just be out walking, and then mm. I'll just let one rip. And then all of a sudden I'll go, oh, fuck, I didn't check if anyone was behind me. And many times I've turned around and there's been someone probably three or four steps behind me, and it's not quiet, it's not seeped out and it's silent, <laughs> but it's, it's, rap, it's loud. And I've turned around, and she cracks up laughing, and she's she just in fits of hysterics laughing at me. And other times <laughs> I've got my earpods in, and I've just ripped one out while I'm walking, and then I've gone, oh no, it's happened again, hasn't it? And I turn around, and this one occasion, we was both walking where we used to live in Mossman, up in New South Wales, and I've ripped one out, and, and, and it was terrible. It smelled so bad too. That, I, that I've turned around and there's a young lady with her earpods on, so I don't think she heard it, but nine times out of 10, she's definitely gonna get it <laughs> in the face. So, yeah. can, can I add though? I can relate to Ian Poulter. I'll tell you who, who's the best at it, was Moz, Adrian Marler. I'm not joking, I've never known a bloke who just on cue can let one rip. So around, I think it was 2006, 2004, 2005, 2006, playing for the Roosters. And he said, do you want to come down at the sheds and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, yeah, you know, I was, I was doing a lot of learning from coaching. So when I went down and, uh, anyway, they're getting Moz just goes, <laughs> and the best part about it though, I looked straight at Hos Cartwright, he was the assistant coach, John Cartwright, and he was like that, biting his hand. Apparently, Hos can't control himself, how funny it is when, when Moz lets one rip, but he does it all the time, that everyone just ignores it, but I looked at Hos and he's biting his hand. <laughs> and he went, now Moz, again? It was the, <laughs> one of the funniest things, but farting, it's just funny, isn't it, all the time? What about, when, like, what about when we go past people in the car, Chris? You, well, you do it, I don't. <laughs> and people just bend down. You can't, you can't help it, but just go, that's, that's, that's the that's, funniest listen, thing that's in a the trick. And, and listen, for anyone that's listening to this show for the first time, it's not always this crass. You know, we, we usually have something relatively insightful to say, but it's just... Today, I don't know, it's just Flatulence Tuesday, yeah. so we're just making don't, the most of it. I, I, don't let him fool you. Don't let him fool you. This is exactly what it's like. Well, let's move yeah, on. True. Hey, Union. And, and Renee's not here. Just just give me a second, Doug, because I just want to finish oh, up, right, because sorry. Ian Poulter's not the only one. Your, you know, your stories just go on and on and on. So. Oh, no. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so, we, uh, so, so Ian Poulter's not the only one to get caught out by this um, mass implosion of, of microphones at the Gulf while there's no spectators there. Brooks Kupka, um, he dropped the F-bomb no. earlier this month playing in the Charles Swartz Challenge again. That was picked up by some of the microphones and um, he, he's, been, he's been caught out with it too. Now, 
the, the good thing is that we've got golf back on. We're still playing some competitive golf and they're back in there because the speculation still remains that the Ryder Cup will not be on again. That's probably going to go away till, um, till next year. I think we'll probably hear a report this week as to whether that decision has been made. And then, um, yeah, the, the next tournament is the Rocket Mortgage Classic. That's in Detroit. And that starts this Thursday. So golf is back. It is, it is great to have golf back. I've really missed it. Sarah hasn't. I have. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so that's what we're going. But Sash, we've got something on uh, the topics of rugby union, which sounds mm. pretty exciting to me. Boring. Mate, it sounds very exciting. There hasn't been much going on with rugby union lately, For actually. Years. Yeah, yeah, a... <laughs> <laughs> Can you just tell him to shut up for the rest? Can you mute his mic, please? Um, look, to be honest, rugby union, I've always asked my mates this, right? So I started off playing league, changed when I was about 15, 16, played rugby union. It's always a bit of a, you know, to and fro. Union players harder. Who would win if we played union league? You know, if the, the Australian Wallabies played the Australian rugby league team and if they played rugby league, who would win? And if they played rugby union, who would win? So lately there's been a lot of talk and they reckon it's definitely going to start to take place after the state of origin that there might be a hybrid game between the australian rugby league team and the new zealand all blacks whether or not that is a rugby union game or rugby league game or a hybrid mix of both i'm not too sure i believe it's hybrid Mm. um but what are your thoughts on that i think it's sensational i think the um, platform that puts australian rugby league on is absolutely enormous because the, the, the span that the All Blacks have got right across the world is, is just phenomenal. And if you can broadcast that worldwide, the, the amount of recognition that Australian Rugby League will get, and the, and the Kangaroos especially, would be, would be huge. I think that they'd ha- in, in order to make it fair, they'd have to make it hybrid. Now, hybrid, of course, yeah. if you're listening and don't understand that, they play half Rugby Union, the second half, or vice versa, would be Rugby League. And, and if you recall, yeah, AFL, yeah. AFL do it with Gaelic football. Correct, and have done yeah. for many, many years. Now, the difference between AFL and Gaelic football is the shape of the ball and, and, the, uh, and the Irish are quite crazy. Yeah, mm. but listen, I, I think if that can happen, that's, that's almost as exciting as Mike Tyson coming back. Yeah, look not, look, not to take away from rugby league at all, but I think it'd be a lot easier for union players to adapt to the league rules, given that, you know, in, in union, you've got all these breakdowns, you've got line-outs, you've got contested scrums, and that, that's, you know, it's a huge part of the game. Whereas, you know, league, they just chuck it under the legs in a scrum. If you kick it out, it goes straight to the other team. So I think that'd be um, much easier for the union players, whether or not it's a hybrid version, I'm not sure. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Bath and Wigan have done it before. So they played correct. a hybrid match years ago, um, which was pretty successful, I thought. Yeah, but very yeah, successful. I think I think Wigan I think Wigan ran them close, uh, but they beat them in league quite convincingly. But I think they ran them close in the rugby union aspect side of it as well. Am I right, Doug? Yeah, 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 yeah you're not wrong. I think uh, the half uh, Bath ended up winning the half of rugby union, as you'd imagine. Uh, but it, it wasn't it wasn't a blowout. But then when it turned to league, then I think Wigan uh, just kind of ran away with it uh, purely because of the pure fitness. Uh, aspect of, of rugby league over rugby union, but again, that was some time ago, and, and body uh, body compositions have changed somewhat. So it would it would be interesting because if anyone's kind of the lean mean fighting machine, it's it's the All Blacks, isn't it? Really, so it would be re- very interesting. Also, Wigan went on to to win the Middlesex Sevens. You know, and they just turned up uh, late. I think it was a, a late entry, and ended up <laughs> blitzing everyone and <laughs> winning the competition. Mm. All, really? Yeah, the rugby union folk wasn't too wow. happy. So there's there's been a there's been a huge number of rugby league players switched to play rugby union. 
Not all have been successful as others. Um, but not necessarily many come from union to league, mm. do they? There's a lot. There's a lot switched from league to union and then potentially back to league. Mm-hmm. I remember Jonathan Davis turning around, who used Gallagher. to play at um, Widnes and Warrington, and he and he went back and played rugby union. Then he came back to play rugby league, and the question was asked of him. This is um, this is how did you find rugby union? He said it was great. I didn't break sweat once, and you know and that was that was his interpretation of the game. He was a he was a halfback, so. He probably wouldn't have been making many tackles. He'd have been kicking the ball a lot, not chasing it. But you know, that was that was his interpretation. And that Sammy Burgess, we know, he went back and and kind of struggled a little bit playing outside centre with the rules and regulations as different as they are from rugby league to rugby union. Um, you'd find you find it. Like, what what does anybody know the reason why there isn't many crossing codes from union to league? I don't know, but do you remember, um, and Carlo, you'd remember his name. He's a monster of a human. No, there was a monster of a human for the All Blacks who went and played Brad Thorne. And went and played for um, the Broncos and Queensland rugby and Australia, and then went back to play for the All Blacks. Yeah, he did. Yeah, you know, so that's one that went coach. the other way. Very good coach, yeah. union coach. But Vainga Twigamala was another one who uh, hmm. really did well in rugby union and then came played for Wigan um, for Salford as well David Young Dai yep. Young so David Young played um, rugby union came over played for uh, Salford for a number of years was a club captain and then went back and actually uh, captained uh, the Lions and then obviously coached the Lions so, as a coach mm. so there is a, there is a massive in yesteryear it was huge but this this day and age um, it doesn't really happen you know, they actually turn around and say well you're either suited for union or you're suited for league you're not suited for both so i think well, look at his rifle out i think he's suited to both i thought he played amazing rugby league and then he just carved up the rugby union yeah. i think he's going pretty good didn't he um, didn't he have a conversation about going to play afl too oh he did oh he did he did he was west yeah western sydney but he was he was okay um he wasn't, as, I think Carmichael Hunt sort of found his feet a bit better mm. um, the AFL, but yeah, I think Israel Flair did it pretty successfully. Like Matt Rogers did it pretty successfully. If you remember him, mm. he was good at league and union. Played, I think he played the Wallabies or Australia A at least. Mm. So there's been a couple of good, but like you said, Chris, it's more league to union rather than union to league. And, and I think you'll find as well, there's a, there's a, there's a probably position specific, that there's a lot of backs that go from rugby league to rugby union. Yeah. You don't necessarily see yeah. prop forwards doing the same thing. No, they can't. You know what I mean? No, no, you don't. No. no. They can. Just don't with the contested time. scrums, it's, I, I think it's, yeah, the body type's too high because the, 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 the saying that though, it is changing. It is changing. Mm. I think uh, if you look at Union now from where it was five or ten years ago, the, the, mm. the, the body shapes are changing because they know yeah. that they, well, they're going to play more, they've got to play more minutes in the games in, the ball's in play a lot longer than it ever has been before. And I mean, now while we're talking about turning from rugby union to rugby league, let's do just that because there's a fair bit happening in the yeah. NRL and outside of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's been. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mate. But listen, how, I'm not sure how long you're going to be crowing with the amount of injuries you picked up on the weekend just gone. Doesn't matter, mate. Our B team will still win the grand final. Don't worry about that. We're yeah. that much over the salary cap. It's not even funny. <laughs> Sombreros, <laughs> that cap. Poor Alex Johnson. Tell him about that. Carlo, lead us off with the rugby league. Yeah, well, I just want to go through the results from last week. So, starting with the Panthers beating the Rabbitohs 20 points to 12. 
And then you've got the Storm beating the Warriors, absolutely smashing them 50 points to 6. The Roosters defeating the Dragons 26 to 12. The Cowboys beating the Knights 32-20. The Broncos losing out to the Titans um, 30 points to 12. Uh, the Eels, what an amazing game that was. A uh, one-pointer beating the Raiders 25-24. Uh, Manly Seagulls 22, losing out to the Sharks 40. And the Bulldogs, six losing to the Tigers, 34. Just so quickly, you touched on the Titans here, right? And um, I don't know if you guys have seen the footage of Keegan <laughs> Hipgrove. <laughs> Fuck it all. I know Keegan up. from up here at the Gold Coast. We did some Movember stuff together. He's an absolute gentleman, first and foremost. The best guy in the world. And I watched that in replay and then I watched it on Brown Cardigan. If you guys follow Instagram Brown Cardigan, yeah. what they did is they slow motioned it, right? And they put that song on, bow, 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 I can feel it. You know that one? And he's just saying like that, ooze, ooze on old mate. <laughs> I just, I was saying it to Keegan and I go, mate, honestly, what are they teaching you at the Titans? Because whatever it is, it's clearly it's not close, working. Real close. Yeah. Has he, has, he, has he replied to that text message? Yeah, he said it was something like they've been trying to teach him. Obviously not in that particular style, but to get him to the ground yeah, quicker yeah, and like yeah, grab yeah. him, try to wrestle him. But I said, mate, that is, I, I guess, look, on an outside of looking in, I dare say that's pretty few and far between what you're actually supposed to be doing, mate. Like it's... Um, He's evidently yeah, got yeah. tackle technique and sex education totally mixed up there, hasn't he? He's done the whole we, with oh, no wait, wait, wait. <laughs> a lot, a more, We've just got to paint a picture. Your bum? Yep. That's magic. We've got to paint a picture, though, just for the listeners. So what it was, uh, do you want to do, do it, Sash? Yeah, I'll draw it. Wait one second. He'll draw it. So what, what we can do is we can, uh, we'll probably stick up on our um, Instagram, which is uh, the Sport Project Podcast. That's right. So if you're not following already, go and follow that, and it will be up there on the story in absolutely no time whatsoever. He literally, to our listeners who are not, he's actually drawing it. <laughs> he's drawing two stick men. And, uh, and, and those are uh, earmarks, because he's thrusting. Oh, he's thrusting. Right. Good on yourself. Yeah, yeah. One, of, one, of the, one of them's got three legs. Uh, I'll tell oh, you what, art, art was <laughs> real good for you. I just want to talk, take some uh, talking points from all these games. You know, the Storm defeated uh, the, the Warriors 50 points to six. And it, you've got to remember what's happened to the, to the Warriors. Not only have they come, o come o over to Australia, uh, away from their families, for a long amount of time, um, their coach Stephen Kearney was uh, was axed last week, so it was very tough. A lot of pressure on Todd Payton. They come out and get absolutely belted at Cogger Oval. Um, but the good part of it was Cameron Smith and Craig Bell went into the changing rooms afterwards. Uh, don't know what was said. I think it's all uh, hush hush. But mm. it was basically said, "Listen, we're thankful for what you've done. Uh, you know, please don't." Don't throw the towel in, um, you know, mm. tomorrow's another day, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I just thought, I thought it was unbelievable class by two of our stalwarts of the game. Uh, and you would never believe it, but they have both been criticised by the general public uh, for for invading the Warriors' uh, personal space in the changing room. I just, uh, I, don't, I don't know what's going on with PC. I scratched my head mm. and I tickled my ears because these... There's some idiots out there. If you think that that's terrible, uh, then honestly, take your face for a real, real good poo. Because uh, if, if, if you think that's invading personal space, wait till they play the Titans. Then you're going to get everything invaded. <laughs> I'm telling you that much. Bow, bow, I can feel it. But, but uh, like, like you say, Callum, it's a, it's a real touch of class from two of the greats of the game. Yes. Um, 
and and it's it's, it's great. It's good to see. It, you know, in a in a in a country right now where everything seems to be against one another and everyone's against each other and pointing mm-hmm. the finger. It's it's beautiful to see that kind of support coming out of rugby league and the Warriors are doing it tough and you know every now and again you see a, a manager get sacked and someone step up and the team really snap into place and go this is it that this is where yeah. we've got to step up now and it'll make everyone see just how good we are but they just have quite haven't found their feet away from home are they no I mean I know a lot of New Zealanders are very religious and they take their family very seriously mm. and not lightheartedly at all so There'd be a lot of, of people being missed there and, you know, a lot of time by themselves where they're thinking, have they made the right choice? But, Sash, you've got something for us. What's that? Well, you sort of touched on, um, you know, the guys doing it hard, doing it tough. The Broncos are doing it real tough at the moment. Mm. You know, they turn up each week and they're just getting pumped. They're getting mm. criticism from everywhere, even their own players. Um, I actually saw a post by Alex Glenn, and I know we were sort of putting a bit of shit on him, but he actually sums it up pretty well. He, he, I won't say the whole lot, but he says, everyone is entitled to their own opinion about us, but don't ever think we are happy losing. You think you're hurting watching us lose, f- lose five games in a row. Try turning up every single day, working your ass off to prepare well, and things still don't go your way on the night, and have to deal with the criticism left, right, and centre. So he basically talks about bullying and all the rest of it, that they're just human at the end of the day. I think it was a really good little spiel there, and rival teams and and players of rival teams got behind him and I, I just think it was actually a really good post and well you don't have um, a you don't i've never known a rugby league professional or a sporting professional who goes out and loses uh, on purpose you know like everyone tries sometimes it, it fits and sometimes it doesn't uh, winning and losing are both habits uh, and unfortunately in the league table there's a top and a bottom and you can't get away from that so the fact mm. of the matter is you know the broncos are going through tough time but it's the same tough time that the Titans have been going through year in, year out. Yeah. So, listen, it's it, it's sport at the end of the day. Um, they're rebuilding. You know, Anthony Siebes is a good coach, whether what you whatever you think about him, but he is a good coach. And the fact of the matter is he's, he's just doing a little bit tough. They, what about the Roosters, mate, in regards to their injuries, Sam Verrills and, and Victor Radler? On the mm. same night, within uh, half an hour, night. ACL. Uh, Go Yeah. Oh, it's only, a, it's only a six-week injury. You'll be right. Run it off. <laughs> He's got another leg. I mean, Very Victor Radler looks like he could hop past most people at the minute. He's been in some uh, rich yeah, vein of form. He, he, will, he will be very sadly missed. Mm-hmm. He, he most definitely will be now. Um, Teddy's due back this week. That's right. If, that's right. Yeah, Teddy, Teddy should be back this week. That's a great injection, which is good because they've got the storm on Thursday night. Now, that right. will be a clash. But again, Storm are the same kind of thing. They've just lost Cameron Munster. He's out for uh, six weeks. One or two other injuries. So it's going to be a bit of a, um, in terms of superstars, a depleted uh, battle this Thursday night. How, how do you think this is going to pan out? Can if you, Sasha, I know you're very one-sided mm. in this, but Carlo, you can happily sit neutral. Mm-hmm. Who? No, you're a Roosters fan too, aren't you? Oh, I am, yeah, but... No. I, can't, <laughs> I can be neutral. Well, you're you're right, a Storm, storm really fan, so we're, we're all in the same boat. So well, that's why I left it open to everybody. Do you know else, what though? I think I think it's going to be a cracking game. The, 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 just to add on though, from from that uh, those injuries that happened at Bank West, they've actually completely relayed the field because it, mm-hmm. the, the field that, was yeah. in complete dis, uh, disrepair. And, and well, when they games. came, out, they came out and said it wasn't the pitch's fault. It, oh. it has been under heavy traffic for all the games that have been played there, but yeah. they don't think they, they inspected the pitch before the game happened, and they said, "No, nah, it's perfectly fine to play on." No. Have they backflipped from well, that now? When you get two ACL injuries, um, literally means that there's too much giving the ground. 
Um, it's you know the fact of the matter is I'm I'm not an expert and I'm not a doctor, but to get two ACL injuries within half an hour of each other, you know, and then mm. saying the ground's not at fault, I think that's a, that's a bit of a big push. But um, again, other things that are coming out of, of rugby league at the moment, uh, the West Tigers they keep winning without Benja. I just want to quickly flick back to that yeah, the, the Roosters Dragons game that's just gone past, and and I thought for Dragons haven't been performing incredibly well. I thought they put a really good test to the Roosters yeah. for probably 50 minutes of the game, and it was only after that the Roosters started running mm. away with it a little bit because they clashed on in the end yeah. and and they continued for the full 80 minutes. But the Dragons were at absolute credit. I thought they they ran them really really close for quite some time. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think um, that performance against any other team wins. Um, and you know you got to take half to the you know the Morris twins. Wow, wow, yeah. fucking incredible, unbelievable, they just they're unbelievable. Two, thirty-four. I think they're older, thirty-three, thirty-four. Yeah. But they, mate, they're set to make their origin bloody origin again. Well, they're just absolutely phenomenal. They're chasing down players. They're making tackles. They're offloading. They're scoring tries. Everything they're supposed to be doing, they're doing. It's just incredible. Yeah. Are we putting that down to them be really happy playing together again in the same team? Can yeah, we put it down to that? Because they, they, yeah. they look as quick as I've ever seen them, too. When you yeah, give them an inch, they're taking a mile quite easily. The, Maybe there's just no pressure on them, you know? There's no pressure on them. They're back playing together, enjoying their football, and as a result, the, you know, the results are sort of talking for themselves. The, the, the other thing as well, which I can see with them, is that that's the right blend. I think Robinson has done it correctly. You know, he's he's took players out, players have moved on, but yet he's balanced the team correctly. Mm. You know, what Siebes has done at the Broncos is that he got rid of all his experience and just put a lot of young people in there. And I think in, in a couple of years, I think, it, you know, it will be the right decision because they've, they'll all come through together and they'll have, you know, hopefully long success. But... I just think you got to take your hat to uh, Trent Robinson and uh, the staff uh, for, for getting that right. Going back, you'd have to be one of the better coaches of you know recent times. Surely, oh, look at his track best, record: mate. wins versus losses, grand final wins. He is just cool as a cucumber. Like, he's one of the best. Yeah. You know, he's up there with Buddy Wayne Bennett and Craig Bellamy and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, if not better, he's he's super consistent. Um, and again, moving on to, I just want to go back to what I was saying about the Tigers and Benja. You know, such a great player, and I think he's still got something to offer. And again, there's murmurs that he may go back to the Broncos because he did a season there. I think not a bad choice. I think Milford at the moment is is oh, shadow of his former self. He's not, no, he's, not, he's not there, is he? So um, Benji may have played his last game. I don't think so. I think with Madge, he can't change a winning team. And I get that. I understand that. And I think he just has to buy at his time. Um, one, a couple of news, a bit of news to come out of the Raiders as well. Uh, John mm -hmm. Bateman is uh, is set to leave the Raiders at the end of the year. Uh, I don't know where he's he going is. next. He's going. He's gone. 100%, I know. Yeah. Mm. Um, but where does he go? But Ricky Stewart came out and absolutely laid into Isaac Moses, who uh, who last week was deregistered from the uh, NRL Players Agents Accreditation Scheme. So what happens to all these players now that is deregistered? I'm not too sure. Are they, uh, are they free agents? Are they able to do what they want? Do they not pay commission? I, d I don't know. But the fact mm. is, it's, um, it's sad to see a player of John Bateman's standard leaving the NRL when he's only just got here and he's produced what he has in the first 12 months. I think it's real I, sad. I think, I think the, it goes a little bit deeper with John Bateman. 
He's got a, a daughter, a nine-year-old daughter back in the UK who is missing terribly as well. Yeah. So there's, there's, there's many, I'm sure there's many other reasons. Because he looks to be really enjoying his football and he's, he's transformed the Raiders for the better. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, but, but I think, I mean, there's, there's no guarantee that he's going back to Wigan yet. You know, he's, he's been linked with a potential move to the Bulldogs. Um, and, it, and if the Bulldogs can jack him in the position that they're at right now, then that would be phenomenal for yeah. them. Yeah. If he goes back to Wigan, you totally understood that. You know, this family matters, his daughter's there. She's at a time of her life now where she's going to need a dad probably that bit more. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's going to want to be there. And, you know, and is he going to follow James Graham and go back home? Oh, yeah. yeah. James Graham's uh, just re-signed for St. Helens in the Super League. Uh, and he'll be going back and meet with immediate effect. Uh, yeah. The game's coming up. Starts... On the on the second of July, Storm versus the Roosters, which we just covered, um, and then we've got the Raiders versus the Dragons. Eels. Did you just for that? Did you hear Trent Barrett's actually coming back for that? Given their form. What do you mean? Trent Barrett is actually coming back to play for that game. For what game? For that game this weekend coming up, they're thinking about experimenting with Trent Barrett. Didn't you say that was breaking news before? No, Did you just I've, made that up I've again? Hundred percent, I have. Oh, Jeez, yeah. I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. I've got you. Trent Barrett, man. You're so good. I was upstairs bathing the kids and giving them dinner. And I'm like, what have I missed in two hours? <laughs> He's have to be one of the best looking blokes playing rugby league, though. Him and Dan Carter for Union. Get around there yeah. and far out. Anyway, going oh, back sorry, to Carl, the continue. games. Yeah, no, no, whatever. Um, Sorry, Raiders versus the Dragons, Eels versus the Cowboys, Tigers versus the Shark, Warriors versus the Broncos, which I potentially think don't think it's going to be a lovely game, but I think it could be the game of the game of the round. Tigers versus the the Panthers, the Manly Seagulls versus the Knights, and the Bulldogs versus the Rarities. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, I'm not sure what I think the game uh, we all want to see is the Storm versus the Roosters, don't we? So um, I think so. And, it's and, going to kick yeah. us off. And may, may I add, uh, the Cowboys are coming into some good form. I know two weeks ago they had a, a bit of a beasting from uh, from their coach, but they won on the weekend, and I think yeah, they'll start to start finding a little bit of form. So a couple of good games there. All done for me, yeah. mate. That's it. Well, there's a good wrap-up from Rugby League from our mate Carlo there. He jumped around a little bit, but we got to the end of it. Uh, now, speaking of um, uh, Australia and Australian pride, there's uh, a couple of brothers in a boxing circuit that you may or may not have heard of. If you haven't, look them up. They are absolutely phenomenal. It's Jason and Andrew Maloney. Now, just before COVID hit, they did the smart thing and they escaped for a training camp in Las Vegas. It's always been their dream to highlight. They've, they've given up the twin boys. They've given up their life to boxing. They absolutely love the sport. So they disappeared off to Las Vegas in hope of, of getting a, a fight at MGM Grand. Now that came to light earlier this week. Um, Andrew, Andrew fought on Monday morning, no, Wednesday morning here, and Jason fought on Friday morning here. Now Andrew fought uh, an incredible young fighter called uh, Joshua Franco. That's right, yeah. Joshua Franco, um, he, he was... Look, and if you haven't seen the fight, the breakdown of it was quite simple. Um, Andrew flew out the traps. He, he, he boxed incredibly well for the first four or five rounds. It turns out later on, after the fight, he's endured a fair few injuries. Oh. Perforated eardrums, broken nose. Two, um, two perforated eardrums. Two, two broken noses. Oh. Two broken noses. <laughs> uh, 
couple of overrated two sets, two sets of stitches left eye and yeah. in his mouth god but 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 technically you know he, he performed incredibly well he's shown the heart of an absolute lion and it, you know he got to make his debut at mgm grand which was absolutely phenomenal he did not disgrace himself in any way shape or form he will come back bigger than better than ever if you have have you seen the fight did you watch it boys no i watched a bit no, of the highlights good chat then run, run all out, right run out of gas. so yeah he boxed it. Right? He, 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 I don't. I don't think he ran out of gas. He boxed incredibly well early on, and he put a lot of effort in there. Um, Joshua Franco is a bit more of a seasoned boxer within that area, so it, it, it was no surprise that a bit of clash shown from him. I'm not overly sure Andrew had the power to really worry Joshua Franco. And if if you've been getting hit by big punches and they're not really affecting you, then you know in later rounds you can just keep walking forward and just throw punches yourself without fear of being hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and I think potentially that might have been the case in that fight. But what was totally different was his brother, Jason Maloney, who fought on Friday morning against uh, Biez from Mexico. Now, Biez is a big stand-in-the-middle kind of toe-to-toe bare-knuckle boxer for kind of fight. Yeah, yeah. Now, but whereas Jason is a lot more technical. Jason Maloney is a very technical, very advanced boxer. He uses his angles well. He comes in, his combinations are incredible, head-to-body, body-back-to-head. And, and, he, and he mixes it up incredibly well. But we saw mm. a side of Jason on Friday, which was even more. He stood inside, he stood inside toe-to-toe with Bears, and he beat him that way too. Wow. So he's, um, the, the conversation was, uh, that, that, uh, and even Andrew Maloney said, he's 20, Andrew Maloney said, I think there's a fair bit more pressure on Jason, the fact that I got beat two days before, for him yeah. to get in the ring and let Las Vegas know that we are what people think we are. He said, it, um, and, Andrew was really distraught with himself uh, taking a loss. It was his first loss of his career and he lost his, his title. So he was very unhappy with that. But <coughs> Jason stepped in and he was absolutely phenomenal. Can you imagine the pressure of having your twin brother beaten the day before? And, then and the hopes be, uh, really of Australia, because it's, it's all that's came out of Australia for now that's gone over to Vegas and really competed like they are. Mm. So can you imagine the pressure coming of your twin brother getting beat on the Wednesday? And you fighting on the Friday? How would that make you feel? Mm. Unbelievable. No, but apparently, ex rugby league player. Remember James Maloney? He's the younger brother of those boys, isn't he? You've made that up as well. <sighs> Jesus, yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Am but, I joking? Uh, I'm on to you. <laughs> the bar, you guys. James Maloney. But hey, no, yeah. no, so a massive congratulations on behalf of Australia and everyone here at the Sport Project that. Those two boys um, really went there. They followed the dream there. And, and don't worry, they're not over. They're far from over. They're yeah. just getting started. But they've, they've taken that big leap. And, uh, yeah, so one got a victory. One took a loss, sadly. But, you know, it's it'll it'll great to see boxing back on. It was great to see them fight. And now we can turn our attentions back to Mike Tyson. Has anybody heard when the animal himself is going to destroy some poor soul's life? 760 mil, is that true, the fight between him and the Gypsy King? Like, and the Gypsy King turned it down because he said, one, I don't want to get beaten, so that'd be embarrassing, and two, and then I don't want to ruin his legacy. Did you hear about that? That's actually Gypsy real, King. that's a, just can't, oh, take, some, just can't take anything Tyson serious Fury. that you say no. right now. No, that's actually that's actually in the news. Tyson Fury, there's, there's a headline, it could be clickbait, talking about a $760 million fight that Tyson Fury's turned down with Mike Tyson. No. And when he was asked about it, he sort of said, look, two things will happen. I get beaten and I'll look like a chump. Two, I'll beat him and then ruin his legacy. 
Yeah. No. I'm, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. At 53 years old, as fierce as he's looking, that he's going to beat um, Tyson Fury. I, I don't. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't really take that with much gospel truth, but I, I could be totally wrong. The, the the one that really excites me again is the is the dual headed fight that they've he's, he's signed with Anthony Joshua. Now the conversation yeah. is that after the third Wilder fight, which is meant to be happening in um, December, December if, if 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 I'm correct. Yeah, the big uh, dosser. Yeah. yeah, your big dosser. But I, look, I, I think that's kind of pointless. But Wilder's going to want to go out on his sword, like he like he says. Just don't wear a big ring entrance outfit, and you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> And then, and then, so there's, there's a two-ended fight. There's also someone come out, of course, the um, Andy Ruiz, the beat Anthony Joshua initially. Oh, yeah. He's come it. out. Now, there's a lot of conversation going on with Andy Ruiz and Dillian White. Now, Dillian Ooh, White... I said that. I said that would be a cracker. You did say that would be a cracking fight. Well, it looks like Andy Ruiz especially wants it to happen. And Dillian White has been asked a convers- has been asked a question saying, "Why would you not fight Andy Ruiz? He's, he's a valid fighter." He said, "Because he's a he's a, 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 a used a couple of choice words. He said there's absolutely no way. He's not in my league. He doesn't hold any belts. I've worked my way up to fight someone with belts, not a chump like him." And Andy Ruiz has now stepped out and said, "Well, I'll fight you and shut you right up." And uh, I'm sorry for keeping you awake there, Carlo. Sorry, I, I had a cheeky yarn. It's been an early but, day. Um, but yeah, I mean, what's a fight like that? Would you be interested to see that? Oh, I would. Because I think yeah. I, I'd like Dillian White. I think he's a great fighter. And just the way that the cookie crumbles at the moment, that he can't fight for a belt. But I think Ruiz is um, definitely, I, I just think that, the, remember, we've got to stop thinking just purely about belts. Belts are brilliant, but we want to be entertained. We want to see entertaining fights. You know, I think the, not this always. Is, this is someone. This is someone that's trained and fighting, giving his whole time and career, Dillian White, to build himself up to a championship fight, and now he's finally there as a number one contender. Yeah. The, it, again, he's being sidetracked to Andy Ruiz, yeah. so that's that's his argument. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, I agree with him. Yeah, I understand that. But well, I agree with him because then if he loses to Andy Ruiz, his chances of fighting yeah, for the belt might be, be fucking gone. So he's fought his way there. He's there now. So why give it away? Like you're only going to give it away if you get a shot at the title. Well, he's not going to fight for years. When you've also you've also got to understand the fact that the, the the amount of time and effort that goes into preparing for one fight and the di- and the mm-hmm. uh, the time between fights, that's what's also going to put him off because he's not getting any younger, Dillian White, and Andy Ruiz isn't. So can he afford really to fight, choose to fight Andy Ruiz in probably six or seven months' time, then have some time off and get back in the gym again? So that's two years of his life gone. Mm. He, you know, he's built mm-hmm. his way up here now. He wants to fight someone now. However, he's just not in the firing line with the fact that the Fury and Joshua fights have just been signed off. Mm. But the, the Dillian White, Andy Ruiz, for me, would be phenomenal. That would be a war. Yeah, I, I don't I like think it. you'd see. I don't think they would move out of a two-meter radius of the center of the ring. <laughs> would you? They, they'd just, they would just be toe-to-toe, I'd imagine. It'd be like some of the stinks that we used to get in the old rubbery dub. Didn't take long to prepare for those ones. <laughs> I don't know. I was drinking all five day seconds again. later. I was drinking all day again to that. <laughs> and then he didn't feel anything. Oh, the hell was I throwing him? I just woke up with a bit of a shiner. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to move on from that because I think that's um, we kind of exhausted the box in there. American sports. Look, the NFL is mm. conversation about taking off again. A lot yeah. of COVID happening in and out of the NBA. Sasha, yeah. what have you got for us, mate? First, I'll start off with American football! Um, right, sorry, I'm way too excited. 
Um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's been pictured for the first time in a Buccaneers jersey. So they've done the press release. He's got his number 12 jersey on. Um, he's looking good, dead set. 42, yeah. I think he is. He's married to one of the hottest chicks in the world. Um, he, he's a successful sportsman. He's had he's played in nine Super Bowls, Super Bowls. He's won six of them. He's had 20 seasons at one club with the New England Patriots. And now he goes across to um, the Buccaneers. Now, this huge move. Like, after 20 years with one club, it's a huge move. Like, it, 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 there's rumours floating about about um, a fallout with Belichick and a few others. Like, what's your stance on it? What do you? Why do you reckon he's done it? Because for me, I think he's done it because if you look at the likes of, say, the Michael Jordan documentary, I think he wants to go out and prove himself as one of the best, and he wants to bring a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl since 2003, um, and and show that he's actually the best quarterback and he can make all the difference. That's my opinion. Uh, well, I think there was a, a huge conversation of whether. Um, like now you're going to have to forgive me because the name escapes me but Tom Brady and there was a second quarterback that they believed was better than Tom Brady at the time that then in turn got traded because Tom Brady was still the GOAT so Belichick said now we're going to stick with Tom Brady because like in the words of Michael Jordan until you lose it it's ours yeah, you know? yeah exactly and, and, that, and I think that was the case but the, the more mounted pressure that's coming on Tom Brady to perform in and out I think you're correct there, Sash. I think that could be a, a very good explanation for why he left. He's he's pretty much done everything with the Patriots, done everything for the Patriots. Is it six Super Bowls? Six Super Bowl wins, nine Super Bowl appearances. Six wins, nine appearances. That's not bad. Now, if you can silence all of your critics by going to somewhere like the Buccaneers and taking them to even a Super Bowl final, or even, even closer than they've been before, then your legacy remains kind of phenomenal. Yeah. And, you know, you pretty much eliminate all the questions and all the doubt that anybody's ever had about you. So I think you could be on the money. It's, it's absolutely crazy. Like, and, and like you said, the, the second-tier quarterback just behind him all them years, like 20 seasons he played. Like I'm sure there was injuries where some people stepped in, but I don't know if you remember Brett Favre. Yeah, of course. Brett Favre played for the Green Bay Packers um, and all the rest of it, and he, he was like a legend. He played 297 games straight. Can you imagine being the backup quarterback for that? Like, you know, one day he's just going to get sacked, he's going to do his knee, and I'm, I'm subbing in, coach, I'm in. 297 games later, you're fucking 55, you're no good, and you've got arthritis in your right arm, and you haven't played a game. Yeah, but you know, it's just crazy. You squillions, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then you get a pension. It's a, it's a similar conversation with, uh, uh, sorry, it's a similar, an article that I read earlier today. I think it was the, the substitute goalie for AC Milan. He's been there for six years. He's never played a game, but he's been red-carded twice. It's <laughs> a true story. I'm not quite sure, so, I'm not quite sure how it's happened, but he's never played a single so second of a game in six years, but he's been red-carded <laughs> twice. And the picture of him is a picture of him sat like that. <laughs> he's happy as a pig in shit. He's getting splinters in his ass off the bench, but he's being paid an absolute mint. It's like Happy Gilmore. He's the only bloke to take his skates off and try and stab someone. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly oh, like that. That's so good. What have we got in the NBA, mate? What's happening? NBA. So look, NBA is due to kick off. I think it's July 30. So they went through and did their first round of testing. Tested 302 players, and out of 302 players, 16 players have tested positive to coronavirus. Wow. Now with the huge pandemic that's going on over there, there was doubt about the NBA um, actually starting with that those sort of numbers, yeah. but. Um, they've come out and said that, you know, we're definitely starting, but what they're testing is to get the people that don't have it, obviously, to go into um, into camp, which is in Orlando and the Disney World. 
put them all in there and then hopefully they create this secluded little environment away from everyone else, even though Orlando recorded like 8,000 cases yesterday or something like that, new cases. So they want to they want to seclude themselves in this little hub, play, I think they play eight games, is it, each? I wrote it down somewhere. So yeah, 22 teams play eight games each to contest the um, NBA title. So, wow. um, But that's a lot of players, 16 players to test positive. I think it's 5% of the players to be tested so far. Wow. It's a positive to coronavirus, so... I mean, with the, with the rate that America's opening back up again, even though Ugh. the pandemic has absolutely swept the whole country, it's kind of bizarre that they're even thinking about this. Well, is this is this a financial decision over a health decision? I think it has to be at the moment. Like at the end of the day, you know, Donald Trump's a businessman, um, and I think that's his stance on it. And his stance is herd immunity. And if you feel like you're a weak, your weakness, you're you're weak for the coronavirus, and you stay at home, but. He, it gets a point, I guess, for him where he hasn't managed it right like a lot of the other countries and it's gone out of control. It gets a point now where you've got to start thinking about the economies and the actual consequences of people mm. not being able to get to work and, and the suicides and the, the domestic violence and all the rest of it, which which will take over the numbers, which it's sad either way, but what do you do? You know, It gets to a point where you've got to make a decision. Well, He's been known to make a few well, outrageous decisions. Another, another uh, country that's going crazy at the moment with coronavirus deaths is Brazil. And I heard uh, something on the radio saying mm. they are getting, it's, it's slowly overtaking as the largest uh, death per, in a country, uh, Brazil. And <clears throat> instead of locking everything down, they're opening things up. So uh, football's coming back, even though the teams don't want it. The president said, nah, football will go ahead. Right, so the president is going. Football will go ahead, and then and then straight away they said, right, and now we will we open it. We'll open it up to the fans. So they're opening stadiums up. It's, no. it's absolutely. It's like oh, we don't take it that seriously. However, it's killing a thousand. And, I, and sometimes you just got to think: is it a class thing? You know, we know there's a lot of slums in Brazil. You know, and uh, is it is it just a way that they just think? Oh, we're just going to purge. And, and just uh, get rid of all the weakest links. I, I'm, again, we're not we're not here to talk about politics, but I just think sport has got to take a back seat when so many a thousand people a day are dying from mm, COVID. Way to put a downer on the show, Carl. <clears throat> yeah, I'm nice just saying. Mate, anyway, yeah. we was, anyway, we was, we was going so really Brazil. Well if you want to watch football, go to Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> good news, really Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, we don't talk politics on here, Carl. But yeah, go Sorry, just talking about letting one rip. Sorry to interrupt, Chris, but I just let one rip in this little hot box in there. And I tell you what, I nearly passed out. I got weak at the knees. We start calling you Pulse from now on. Uh, <laughs> quickly, quickly moving on to one of my other loves, which is horse racing. Now, a good news for Victoria. Now, minimum prize money will return in the next season of the racing. So pre-COVID, the, the, the minimum prize money was quite good. I think it roughly around about 125,000 for metropolitan races down to about thirty or 40,000 for country races. Now, the big, ma- the big races throughout the spring, now, I, I imagine this is all, uh, this is all providing it, it continues. You know, we could, with Victoria spiking the way it is right now, we hope they can get it under, underway before the start of November because you get the Melbourne Cup, uh, the prize money remains the same there. It's still $8 million. The Caulfield Cup and the Cox Plate, both $5 million. They remain the same. One of the, uh, or a couple of the big races that have taken a hit is the Cantala Canta- uh, Stakes has gone from 2 million to 1.5, and as has the Daly Classic. Now, the Daly Classic's been a, has been a well-renowned race for, for so many years. That, again, 
has gone from 2 million down to 1.5 for prize money, which when you think about it, the prize purse isn't just for the winner. That, that, goes, that goes across the, right, or the whole field. So a percentage of that purse will go to the winner, then second place, third place, fourth place. So it's not, we're not just talking like two million for the winners and then the rest of them can yeah. forget about it. So it, it, it's a fair chunk out of it. But a credit to VRC and all the race in Australia, the fact that they've actually got, even, even through times like this, they've still got together the funds for the race that stops a nation to continue to give it the prize money of $8 million, I wow. think is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. But I think... Sorry, mate, I'm just going to say, but I think racing has managed this better than any other sport in, in the world. I think um, mm. racing still continued all the way around the world. So, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing, really, to think that they've been able to maintain that and then maintain the prize money. Yeah, oh, it, it's, it's, had its, it's had its one or two scares, and only on the weekend just gone, or earlier this week, um, what, a Sydney jockey was tested with flu-like symptoms um, for, for today's card. It, it, in turn, it came back negative, but there was nine, um, nine jockeys, as precaution, nine Metropolitan jockeys stood down from today's card because, because of, of the fear of this COVID. They, they, they didn't get the test back in time to see whether it was positive or negative. Mm. So they had to stand all of those jockeys down, which means those trainers, those horses are without a rider. So they then had to go down a list of available jockeys that they could call in last minute and jump on a ride. And, and they did just that. So again, just you know, an incredible solution. turnaround. Yeah, the race of Victoria is absolutely brilliant. Did Billy Slater get the call up? He probably could. No, I, was, I, was, I was with him <laughs> in the day. Yeah, I'll say he couldn't do. <laughs> it can be. It can be at the Rex Zone. It can be at triathlons at a triathlete. I don't think you could sink piss as much as us, though. Nah, the mid strength yeah. thing. No, no, you just things. go in and see you later. <laughs> <laughs> I know someone quicker away from the building, Carlo, at least. Um, <laughs> now, again, in the Hong Kong, when everything's going down the pandemic like that, they're just buying all the horses up that they want. It doesn't matter if the horses are gelding, oh, it doesn't food. matter if they're, they're young. No, not for food, Carl. <laughs> I, bought a, I bought a horse. You, you did, you did. Let me finish this and I'm gonna, I wanted to ask you about that. Mm -hmm. Because there, there's, there's a wonderful young mare called I Love Myself. And yeah, I just quite like the name <laughs> of it. And um, that, that, that one on debut at Flemington over a thousand metres, it finally got a gap in the last 200 and just put up a bed quite impressively. That sadly is off on, on its way to Hong Kong. And oh. another good news story mm. coming out of racing, James McDonald, 100 oh. Metropolitan winners. And he's done that in two consecutive years. Now, ironically, the last person to do that was Darren Biedman. And he is the assistant trainer at Godolphin. Now, Godolphin own a, a large variety of horse. Which, ironically, the last, the, the 100th winner that James McDonald rode was prepared by Darren Biedman and Godolphin called Cordia. So there you go. Wow. There's an interesting fact that's put you asleep again, Doug. And now I've just painted my eyes mm. on. Yeah. Boom. Mm. Sasha, tell me more about the horse. Is it going to win? Should we back it? When's it running? Clue Who's riding it? Who's training it? Okay, to be honest, it's, um, it's brown. <laughs> it's... Uh, it has parents. It does have parents. Um, I don't know where those parents are. You said it was a Japanese horse. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you knew that because um, it didn't speak. Oh, it just looked like it looked Japanese. Um, and apparently, it's going to run. It's going to run quick and um, off back it. Yep. Is it going to beat everything else? Yes. It's, it, we, we score more points out there today, boys. We'll probably win this match. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, back it. I don't even know what it's fucking called. So, <laughs> stay tuned. Stay tuned. Another so, cracking I, I, reporting story from Sasha Milkrate. Can we can we potentially have Sasha wrap up all of the racing segments? I think that would be quite outstanding. Um, mm, actually, let's do that. I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Next week, I'll have the name of the horse, guys, so um, get around it. It's uh, go, racing at Bungendore, uh, race three, number two. Uh, there's, there's, see, there's more lies, listeners. That's more lies. Uh, Carlos, um, we, we finally got the Premier League back, and the inevitable happened. Yeah, bothered. Happened. bothered. Liverpool won uh, the Premier League. That's about it, really. Um, FA Cup. <laughs> FA Cup. That's the United, best update I've ever heard. United, United City, Chelsea and Arsenal in the FA Cup. Who cares, really? You know, so United, City are going to win that. Well, United have won it, what, 19 times? Something like that? 21? Mm. And, uh, Wayne Rooney. And, uh, yeah. it, was, it, was, it was nice to see Harry Maguire come through the criticism and score the winner for them. It was, yeah, did you, did you watch the game as an avid United fan? I did. That was a liar. No, he did not. Yeah, he scored next. Hang was Harry Kuehl. Harry Kuehl, spot on. Um, it was a bit of a scramble, screwball scramble type goal, but yeah, it, it, they all count, I suppose. But um, yeah, I think it's it, it's really interesting to watch United with Pogba and Fernandez mm. in this centre of midfield. And may mm. I just add, um, I've just had a call up from the coach Alex Vasalis to play on Friday night for the Port Kembla Pumas. I'm back. I'm back, ladies um, and gentlemen. Yeah, please don't go Come watch people. Watch please don't We're go playing watch coronavirus. Bully oval. Whoop whoop. Um, John Aloisi, right? <laughs> soccer player, Australia. He, this is a true story. Saw him in the Gold Coast and saw him in Brisbane. That's all I have for you. Okay. You see, well, hey, do you know what, gents? As always, I had a full rundown sheet here of, of how this, this show was going to go. So, like, once again, I'll just do this. Put a big line <laughs> through all of that because it's like trying to heard cats with you too but gents as always it was an absolute pleasure renee please come back and tame these wild beasts we miss you until then ladies and gentlemen sash thank you so much carlo thank you thank so you, much Chris. ladies and gentlemen we will see, see you, you next, next tuesday, tuesday.